You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we start the show today, I just want to shout out to Peacock and Williamson podcast, covering everything going on in the wide world of the NFL with Brian Peacock, an NFL analyst and uh, Locked On 49ers host, as well as Matt Williamson, former NFL scout, bringing it all down for you every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Today, we are honing in, focusing on one player, and that's Harrison Hand. I know Harrison Hand's not quite a headline grabber, but I don't know. He might be someday. Uh, we'll get into that. We're going to talk a lot about uh, Harrison Hand. We're going to do his story time thing later in the show, but we'll also talk about him on the field as well. It's kind of a two-part thing. But first, uh, let's just do a quick catch-up with what's going on with the Vikings. OTAs are well underway. Uh, day two, uh, two, the first two days in the books as I am recording this. Not a lot really to report other than the O-line stuff we talked about yesterday and who was in the starting job and stuff like that, which isn't particularly surprising if you've been listening to this show, uh, I always predicted that veterans would start taking the first team reps and the rookies would have to take it from them because that's what Zimmer always does. And, you know, if the rookie's any good, shouldn't be any problem, right? So the only other thing is that uh, Daniil Hunter has not been showing up to OTAs. That was kind of expected within the building. They kind of knew that he wouldn't. This is the voluntary part, so there's no breach of contract. It's not really a particularly contentious move at all. Um, you can miss... OTAs for whatever reason you want, and a lot of veterans around the whole league are not going to OTAs. So especially if you have a contract thing, uh, not doing a voluntary workout where you could possibly, you know, exacerbate an injury or get a new injury or something. I don't know. Makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the Vikings, at least according to Courtney Cronin, the kind of Vikings within the organization don't really see it as any kind of like leverage move or anything. They're not really worried about it. When mandatory minicamp happens, which I believe will happen later in May, uh, when that happens, if Daniil Hunter doesn't show up to that, then we've got a problem. And it does sound like they are expecting him to show up and be at full health and, and kind of do the whole thing. So that's really where we have to leave it. We don't really know what's going to happen if he shows up, if he doesn't, if he demands a trade or whatever, demands a new contract or whatever. We don't really know. Uh, maybe there's some people inside the Vikings organization that do, but it's pretty hard to glean anything from that. So we just kind of have to be patient, wait and see how this all shakes out. We'll obviously keep you abreast of everything going on as it happens here on this show. But now I want to focus on Harrison Hand, who is going to be in line for one of the backup cornerback jobs and has a pretty good chance of getting it. But when you talk about a backup cornerback, adjust your standards a little bit. This is not, we're not looking for a starting quality corner that's going to be able to hold up every single play against the Devontae Adams and Allen Robinsons of the world. We're looking for a guy who can come fill in, right? Somebody twists an angle, they got to sit out a drive. Somebody's getting a little winded. It's been a long game. They got to sit out a drive. Uh, you know, somebody's in concussion protocol. Somebody tests positive for COVID or whatever, like last year, that kind of thing. We need somebody who can come in. And so there's a few criteria. For one, I think it's huge if you're a backup, if you can play outside and inside, and Harrison Hand did play outside and inside, uh, outside corner and nickel corner in 2020. So we checked that box. And then I think very, uh, a very, very big one is somebody that doesn't 
require that you change your coverages. You can come in and be worse than the starter in those coverages, right? Because if you weren't, you'd be the starter. So like necessarily you're going to be worse than the starter, but you can't be worse than the starter to such a degree that the Vikings have to change their coverages. And that's what they had to do in 2020. Uh, the Vikings had to basically ask their corners to do so much less and ask their safeties to do so much more that it totally warped all the coverages. It affected the run defense. It kind of affected everything. And it was really a it's sort of a ground zero point for all of the other problems that the Vikings had was because the corners couldn't hold up, the young corners, especially early in the season. We kind of saw it week one when they asked the corners to hold up and like Holton Hill and Mike Hughes and Cameron Dantzler couldn't do it. And then from there, they kind of had to start using more cover two shells. And, and the important thing of cover two and what you have to understand is that that is a coverage that if it is a deep route, say a go route or a deep post or something like that, the corner doesn't take it. The thing about cover two is if it's a deep route, the corner will pass that route off to the safety and go attack something underneath instead, which means that corner will only ever have so tough of a job. If it gets too deep, if it gets too hard, if you got to run with Devontae Adams all the way around the field, nope, that's Harrison Smith's job now, and I'm off it, and some of the hardest assignments end up going to the safeties. So you don't want to have to do that. So for this and the accompanying article, which came out yesterday on Tuesday, which I'll link in the show notes, I watched four games. The four games, he got 10 or more cover snaps. That's Atlanta, uh, the week eight Green Bay game in Lambeau, Jacksonville, and the week 17 Detroit game he started. And honestly, I felt pretty good about like a lot of it. So the Vikings preferred scheme. And I think before like week nine or 10, like basically when Chris Jones joined the team um, and you started having like Chris Jones, Chris Boyd corners things or Jones and Cameron Dancer when he was healthier, Jones and Gladney. Um, that was when Zimmer started using a lot, a lot, a lot of cover too. But by like week six and eight, he used a lot of what he wants to use, which is man match coverage. And all that is, is man coverage like you understand it, but with certain rules to decide who you man up against. It's not necessarily the guy you line up against if the other team wants to do some weird stuff you know it's it's i'm going to play man coverage against whatever route breaks outward or whichever route is the deepest one or whichever route is here or there and what i noticed now this is only like 119 coverage snaps and i think i only watched probably about 100 of them um but in that smallish sample so you got to take it with a grain of salt I noticed that the best reps were the ones where Harrison Hand was asked to do the most, and that is when Harrison Hand was asked to play man-match. He did a really good job. So teams threw a lot of switch-release-type stuff or route concepts where the first part of it is the two wide receivers switching spots, and that's supposed to stress a young secondary. Basically, make the secondary... It's like a you're going to be a pop quiz man-match test. You know, you are no longer up against the guy that you lined up against. You have to figure out who you're playing man match against and then go play man coverage against them and win the rep. Can you do that? And that's a test that worked out pretty well for offenses when it was Gladney or when it was Dantzler early in the season or when it was, you know, somebody coming in off the street that didn't know the rules as well. Didn't work that great against Harrison Hand. And that's really exciting. And further, when they tested him with just a go route down the sideline, which is a huge thing, because again, if you can't carry that deep route all the way down the sideline and you necessity, you're so bad at it, you have to pass it off to the safety. That ruins a lot of parts of the defense. Harrison Hand did have to carry some of those deep routes down the sideline. By my count, he got targeted on one of them, and he broke that pass up. 
that's really, really excellent. So for me, he checks that box of, can you be a backup cornerback? Well, you can execute the system as it was drawn up for the starters. You can just plug and play and be there. And he gets beat more often than, say, Cameron Dantzler would. He probably is going to get beat more than, say, Patrick Peterson will. And we'll talk about why in a bit. But you can at least, you know, if one of those guys goes down, you can step in and you don't have to change the defensive play calls around him. That's really important as a backup. He's not going to play as well as the starter, but at least you don't have to warp everything around it. So I do want to talk about kind of the biggest problem that I saw that Harrison Hand had. Uh, But first, let's talk about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. Comes in a bunch of delicious flavors. It is this indulgent treat covered in 100% chocolate, like chocolate peanut butter brownie or mint brownie or uh, chocolate caramel if you're into that kind of thing. Chocolate raspberry, chocolate orange for fruitier ones. There's a whole bunch of delicious flavors and they are not going to screw it up if you're trying to lose or maintain weight. They're low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They got like five times as much protein as they do sugar, four or five times. It's made with collagen protein, which is particularly easy for your body to break down and turn into muscle tissue and all the other good stuff your body uses protein for. So head on over to BuiltBar.com to get a box for yourself, and you can enter promo code LOCK15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you can get 15% off of your next order of Built Bars. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So Harrison Hand had, uh, I think, one problem that led to, like, most of the reps that he lost in 2020, and it was kind of always the same thing. So whenever it was a go route down the sideline, just run fast down the sideline and take a deep ball, Harrison Hand had that. His technique and his footwork was really good. He would backpedal fine, he would transition well, and he would run with you. And whenever it was something that was like a shorter route that was maybe meant to be an after-catch thing, he did a pretty good job of breaking on the ball. Sometimes you would overrun it and you would get a little bit wild in the tackle attempt, and that's something he should probably clean up but uh, that only came up like two or three times over the small sample, and it's kind of hard to make a judgment on. But the most consistent problem happened at the breaking point of the route, the part where you actually break it off and and cut in the route. If it's an an in-route, it's the part where you actually break in. And as a cornerback, you have to basically be ready at whatever point that is whenever they start to kind of slow down and get into their route break. As a corner, you have to be ready to kind of break left, break right, break forward. And to do so, you need to be on a very solid base where you can kind of mirror anything the wide receiver does. It's not unlike what you would ask offensive line to do, be on a very solid base. And to get to that solid base, this is a reason they practice their backpedals so often. And you see uh, a a lot of backpedal drills in camp. You probably see a ton of videos coming out of OTAs and minicamp and true proper camp of cornerbacks drilling this. Um, basically, and thank you to Spencer Thompson, who pointed this out to me when I posted my uh, Harrison Hand article, and it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. This is absolutely why it happens. He doesn't sink low enough. His hips don't sink low enough in those transitions, or in the, in those backpedals before those transitions, that is. And to get even more like biomechanical about it, so basically, when you are doing your backpedal, you're supposed to almost be sitting down on it. Like, your hips need to sink as low as they can possibly go. You want to be as coiled as possible. I'm going to use the bunnies as a metaphor, my beloved bunnies. They are constantly coiled, ready to kind of leap any direction at a moment's notice. It's like just how their bodies are built. You kind of have to emulate that, right? So be as much made out of as much potential energy as possible 
it's a technique thing. It's incredibly unnatural of a like of a motion of a body bodily thing to do. We don't backpedal sitting like that. It's so hard to balance and it's so hard to do that it takes you know years and years and years of drilling it and all that stuff. And so that's something that he needs to drill and something that's really hard to get better at. And he might never get better at it. For my money, I'm totally okay with that if he doesn't ever get better at it because he can just be a backup cornerback and that's good enough for a fifth round pick. I'm super happy with that. But to kind of continue with like how this problem manifests, it's really easy to attack it if you are a wide receiver like Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has really good route stems. And basically what that means is at the beginning of the route, the part where you run straight straight forward, that's the stem. And if you run at it really, really, really fast, so fast that you are chewing up kind of as much cushion as possible if the corner is in off coverage, um, but not so fast that you can't, you know, slow down and make the route break, but it's Devonta Adams. He can totally make the route break and run it really fast. So he chews up space really, really fast. And that stresses the backpedal of the cornerback. When you're backpedaling against Devonta Adams and he's coming at you like a ton of bricks, you have to kind of backpedal a little faster. And when he's going that much faster, his pads tend to kind of stand up on him because of that habit. You got to go a little bit faster and, and you can't stay as coiled. And then when the route break comes, you don't exactly have any leverage of and any base of power to kind of push off from to be able to make up that time. Now he has decent enough closing speed and he can make a play on the ball pretty well. So a lot of times he can even recover those reps and there have been plenty of reps where, you know, there was a window right at the route break, but you know, the quarterback has to get it in, you know, at the perfect timing If the quarterback delivers it late and gives Harrison hand the chance to get back in the play. He can make something out of that. And that is pretty important too. I'm not going to call this a minor problem because it isn't. It affects a lot of different routes and it affects him versus guys like Devontae Adams, who you play twice a year. And so for that reason, I think it's too big of a problem for him to start. But again, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and I don't think it prevents him from being a backup because with backups, you kind of have to accept some blemishes. If they were perfect, they probably wouldn't be backups. Now, look, I don't think this is an unfixable problem. I don't think it's a problem that gets fixed over the course of like one camp. I think it's something you just have to drill a lot um, and, and just kind of get your muscle memory a little better uh, over time because, you know, it's really easy to sit there on a football field in, you know, an, on an empty field with a couple of trainers and, you know, backpedal over and over and over again and get it. It's a lot harder when you're on that field and Devontae Adams is coming at you with a full head of steam. It's a lot harder to get that muscle memory down a little bit better. And so that's why I, it'll take a while and that's okay. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him compete to start in, in say, 2022 and Patrick Peterson and Mackenzie Alexander. They're only on one-year deals, so they'll be gone. Maybe the Vikings draft a corner or pick up a corner or something like that. They'll kind of have to do another, you know, secondary rebuild kind of thing like what they did this year. And who knows who those people are and if they are of, of the tier that somebody like Harrison Hand could compete for the start. I would probably be one of the least shocked people about it. I think a lot of people would be surprised by that, and I don't think I would, based on the tape he put out in 2020. If he can play that way in 2021, opportunities abound for the kid. But I, I want to switch gears now and do the Storytime series part of this, and Harrison Hands is pretty heavy. But first, I want to talk to you about bet online. Of course, the NBA playoffs are well underway. Uh, the Mavs are up 2-0 on the Clippers as I record this. I think uh, Lakers and Suns are 1-1. 
it's not too late to bet on that on those series or, or any of the other series or just individual games you can head over to betonline.ag it's free to set up an account you can do it on your mobile or on your desktop and when you actually enter your first deposit when you actually deposit money to gamble with if you enter promo code locked on you get a little free gambling money as well they'll match up to 50 percent of the money that you put in so for each hundred bucks you put in as part of, part of your first deposit of gambling money you get 50 bucks on top of that free play money courtesy of betonline.ag just enter Enter promo code locked on when you enter your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Harrison Hand grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, in a very, very tight-knit neighborhood. He lived around a lot of his family, extended family and all that, and they were this very close group. He had relationships with all these people. And his best childhood friends, they called him the Three Amigos, all their parents did, uh, Taryn Presley, Harrison Hand, and their other friend Terrell. Uh, they were this, like, inseparable trios. They would run around this neighborhood. They would go to church together. They would go from house to house to house, and they, they would call each other's mom's mom. It was, I think, more than, than the childhood pal that maybe you or I are familiar with. It was family, and it, it was everything. And they would sit in the Presley's basement and plan the rest of their lives together as kids are wont to do. And the one thing they always, always knew was that Harrison Hand was going to the NFL. They knew it absolutely without question. They ended up being right. And Harrison Hand always wanted to be a football player. There are all kinds of fun stories about him, you know, being on vacation and his mom told him, okay, you cannot do any football stuff. We're here to relax. And they'd notice he disappeared for a while and they'd be like, man, where's Harrison? They'd find him in the hallway of the hotel with a speed ladder doing drills. And when all the kid, when the three amigos all joined Pop Warner football, it was Harrison Hand versus uh, Terrell and, and Taryn and Taryn's dad, Taryn Sr., Presley Sr., was the coach and Harrison absolutely dusted them and they ended up being on the same team for most of their 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 playing time careers but um you know Taryn Presley senior who was the coach for a long time really saw Harrison as his son as I, I think there's probably a half a dozen people that would look at Harrison hand and say yeah that's a son to me they were just that kind of community that that tight-knit is something that's really special and it's something kind of unlike anything i've ever experienced and I, I don't know if that's a common american experience but it seems to me like this very uh unique and, and special tight-knit community that is just this beautifully wholesome thing to to be a part of. So Harrison Hand grew up making these little goals posters. Like every year he would make a poster of like my life goals and in the smack dab in the middle of it every single year, NFL. He wanted it and his friends knew he would get it. Um, so they got a little bit older and the Presleys ended up moving to North Carolina. So they would talk on the phone like every single day and they still stayed like super, super, super close, even though the, the Presleys moved away and the three amigos kind of had been broken up. Um, so in high school, there was Cherry Hill East and Cherry Hill West, and Han went to Cherry Hill East, but he, of course, wanted to pursue that NFL dream, and Cherry Hill West had a better football program, so he transferred, and I think he says, like, I think East kind of probably still hates me for that, um, but that did get him the attention he wanted from all the schools. So meanwhile, during all this, there is a coach that Harrison Hand knows very well, whose name is Fran Brown, who's a defensive backs coach, and he ends up getting a job at Temple, where he meets Matt Rule, who now coaches the Carolina Panthers, that Matt Rule. And in 2017, which is right about when Harrison Hand is making college decisions, Matt Rule gets hired at Baylor, where he will meet a whole bunch of future Vikings, it turns out. And so Fran Brown goes to Baylor with, uh, from, from Temple to Baylor with Matt Rule, 
And Harrison Hand decides, I'm going to go to Baylor with that package as well. So he goes with uh, Fran Brown, goes to Baylor. So at college, this is where things start to kind of take a turn. And it starts with something that Harrison Hand had actually been pushing for. So his mom and dad never really got along. He doesn't give a lot of detail, but it was pretty ugly. And they were finally getting a divorce. So that was one thing that was kind of putting stress on the family, even though it was probably ultimately for the best, according to Harrison Hand. Um, It's still, I mean, it's really hard thing right so that's going on and on a much kind of lower key fran brown ends up going back to temple uh during his time at at, during harrison hand's time at baylor so that's gone and then there are some deaths in the family somebody from his very tight-knit church community passes away his great aunt passes away a couple of cousins pass away all kind of around the same time and so it's just this absolute gut punch to this really tight-knit, beautiful uh, New Jersey community is experiencing this unimaginable loss. And so Harrison Hand says, I have to go for, I have to apply for a hardship waiver. I have to go to a school that is closer to home so I can be near my home. I'm going to transfer to Temple. So if you're unfamiliar with the NCAA transfer system, for the most part, if you're going to transfer schools, you got to sit out a year and do a redshirt year. Uh, the hardship waiver is basically if you can say, I have extenuating circumstances. I'm not just trying to transfer to game the NCAA, game the system, you know, go play for a super team or whatever. It's basically, you know, you're, you've enrolled in a college, go graduate from that college. And the NCAA kind of wants to discourage everybody, you know, who is really good piling into Alabama or whatever. Um, And so you can say, well, no, I have like real reasons that I need to transfer. And that's the hardship waiver. And you can skip that extra year. Uh, And, you know, you got to write an application and a letter and stuff. Harrison Hand sent obituaries and asked why he transferred. He said, I mean, this is a calling from God. Like things are going bad. And this is God telling me I need to be home and with my family. And so as all of this is processing and he's paving the way to go from Baylor back to Temple, He learns that in a park about 25 minutes outside of Charlotte, his best childhood friend, Taryn Presley, has been murdered. And that, he says, is like the the gut punch and and just one of the hardest losses ever. I mean, that was his, his brother. I mean, truly family by everything but but blood. And he ends up reuniting with Fran Brown at Temple. He plays last year at Temple. He gets drafted by the Vikings. And then he has the rookie year we just talked about. So listen... Harrison Hand has been through it. Like, that's an unimaginable amount of loss, all to kind of hit you all at the same time. And he did an interview for Lindsey Youngs and the Vikings have been doing this Getting Open series, this awesome series on mental health with a lot of players. We're going to be drawing from it a lot for this particular series. I think it's very appropriate for this particular series to talk about that. And reading through that and knowing what Harrison Hand has kind of been through, it's impossible to read through all of that and not gain just immense amount of respect for this guy. He talks a lot about talking about it and how, you know, when you're raised, especially as a boy, when you're raised as a boy, you're not supposed to talk about your feelings. You know, you're not supposed to talk about what you're going through. You're supposed to bottle it up and be a big boy and and not, you know, complain about all your problems, right? And he kind of says, look, that's all a bunch of BS. You got to talk about it. You got to have people you can confide, confide in. You have to have the the courage to say something when you're going through something and to be able to work through it with other people. And look, in the machismo world of football, the topic of masculinity comes up. 
And I really strongly agree with Harrison Hand here. It's one of the manliest things you can do is to ask for help and and to show that humility. Because I think there's nothing more important to your masculinity than setting a good example and being the kind of person that other people can follow. And I think that's an important part of that. So I am behind Harrison Hand 100%. And knowing his story and not only what he's gone through, but also the kind of man that he became afterwards i just have a tremendous amount of respect for harrison hand and i I hope he excels i hope he takes the league by storm from here on out and i'm I'm super super glad that i get to root for him on my favorite football team i'll uh talk to you all tomorrow tomorrow we have a really 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 fun guest coming in so i'm excited to bring that and it is related to the story time series so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all of that tomorrow. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL, and the show is on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. Make sure you check out the Locked On Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski, covering everything you need to know in the wide world of sports in under 20 minutes every single morning. I'll see you all tomorrow, and as always, Skull.